It's February 14th, and you are listening to the Reading Through the Bible Together podcast. My name is Blake Farley. Today's Old Testament reading is going to be Exodus chapter 37 and 38. We are reading out of, as always this year, the New Living Translation. Chapter 37 of Exodus, verse 1. Next, Bezalel made the Ark of Acadia wood, a sacred chest 45 inches long, 27 inches wide, and 27 inches high. He overlaid it inside and outside with pure gold, and he ran a molding of gold all around it. He cast four gold rings and attached them to its four feet, two rings on each side. Then he made poles from Acadia wood and overlaid them with gold. He inserted the poles into the rings at the sides of the ark to carry it. Then he made the ark's cover, the place of atonement, from pure gold. It was 45 inches long and 27 inches wide. He made two cherubim from hammered gold and placed them on the two ends of the atonement cover. He molded the cherubim on each end of the atonement cover, making it all of one piece of gold. The cherubim faced each other and looked down on the atonement cover. With their wings spread above it, they protected it. Then Beezebel made the table of Acadia wood, 36 inches long, 18 inches wide, and 27 inches high. He overlaid it with pure gold and ran a gold molding around the edge. He decorated it with a 3-inch border all around, and then he ran a gold molding along the border. Then he cast four gold rings for the table and attached them at the four corners next to the four legs. The rings were attached near the border to hold the poles that were used to carry the table. He made these poles from Acadia wood and overlaid them with gold. Then he made special containers of pure gold for the table, bowls, ladles, jars, and pitchers to be used in pouring out liquid offerings. Then Beziel made the lampstand of pure hammered gold. He made the entire lampstand and its decorations of one piece, the base, center stem, lamp cups, buds, and petals. The lampstand had six branches going out from the center stem, three on each side. Each of the six branches had three lamp cups shaped like almond blossoms, complete with buds and petals. The center stem of the lampstand was crafted with four lamp cups shaped like almond blossoms, complete with buds and petals. There was an almond bud beneath each pair of the branches where the six branches extended from the center stem, all made of one piece. The almond buds and branches were all of one piece with the center stem, and they were hammered from pure gold. He also made seven lamps for the lampstand, lamp snuffers, and trays, all of pure gold. The entire lampstand, along with its accessories, was made with 75 pounds of pure gold. It's a lot of gold. Verse 25. Then Beziel made the incense altar of Acadia wood. It was 18 inches square and 36 inches high, with horns at the corners carved from the same piece of wood as the altar itself. He overlaid the top sides and horns of the altar with pure gold, and he ran a gold molding around the entire altar. He made two gold rings and attached them on opposite sides of the altar below the gold molding to hold the carrying poles. He made the poles of Acadia wood and overlaid them with gold. Then he made sacred anointing oil and the fragrant incense using the techniques of a skilled incense maker. That concludes 37, moving into 38. Before we do that, I just want to pause because it can be like, why are there all these details in Scripture? Uh, and you have to remember that um, as far as 21st century people, we forget often that there, there wasn't cameras, there wasn't 
video. There was nothing to tell you what something looked like unless you drew it or you wrote it out. And so this is um, giving us a very clear picture of what it would have looked like with words because there wasn't a camera. And yet this was very important to uh, the people, to the Jewish people and, and to us to know what, what this looked like and why those things were there and, and whatnot. So it may seem overly detailed to us, but you got to remember they're, they're literally trying to paint a picture for us with their words. So it's important. Chapter 38, verse 1. Next, Bezel used Acadia wood to construct the square altar of burnt offering. It was seven and a half feet wide, seven and a half feet long, and four and a half feet high. He made horns for each of its four corners so that the horns and altar were all one piece. He overlaid the altar with bronze. Then he made all the altar utensils of bronze, the ash buckets, shovels, basins, meat forks, and fire pans. Next, he made a bronze grating and installed it halfway down the side of the altar under the ledge. He cast four rings and attached them to the corners of the bronze grating to hold the carrying poles. He made the poles from Acadia wood and overlaid them with bronze. He inserted the poles through the rings on the sides of the altar. The altar was hollow and was made from planks. Beziel made the bronze wash basin and its bronze stand from bronze mirrors donated by the women who served at the entrance of the tabernacle. Then Beziel made the courtyard, which was enclosed with curtains made of finely woven linen. On the south side, the curtains were 150 feet long. They were held up by 20 posts set securely in 20 bronze basins. He hung the curtains with silver hooks and rings. He made a similar set of curtains for the north side, 150 feet of curtains held up by 20 posts set securely in bronze bases. He hung the curtains with silver hooks and rings. The curtains on the west end of the courtyard were 75 feet long, hung with silver hooks and rings, supported by 10 posts set into 10 basins. The east end, the front, was also 75 feet long. The courtyard entrance was on the east end, flanked by two curtains. The curtain on the right side was 22 and a half feet long and was supported by three posts set into three bases. The curtain on the left side was also 22 and a half feet long and was supported by three posts set into three bases. All the curtains used in the courtyard were made of finely woven linen. Each post had a bronze base and all the hooks and rings were silver. The tops of the posts of the courtyard were overlaid with silver and the rings to hold up the curtains were made of silver. He made the curtain for the entrance to the courtyard of finely woven linen, and he decorated it with beautiful embroidery in blue, purple, and scarlet thread. It was 30 feet long, and its height was 7.5 feet. Just like the curtains of the courtyard walls, it was supported by four posts set securely in its own bronze bases. The tops of the posts were overlaid with silver, and the hooks and rings were also made of silver. All the tent pegs used in the tabernacle and courtyard were made of bronze. This is an inventory of materials used in building the tabernacle of the covenant. The Levites compiled the figures as Moses directed, and Ithamar, son of Aaron the priest, served as a recorder. Beziel, son of Uriah, grandson of Hur of the tribe of Judah, made everything just as the Lord had commanded Moses. He was assisted by Oldiaba, son of Eshemesh of the tribe of Dan, a craftsman expert at engraving, designing, and embroidering with blue, purple, and scarlet thread on fine linen cloth. The people brought special offerings of gold totaling 2,193 pounds as measured by the weight of the sanctuary shekel. This gold was used throughout the tabernacle. The whole community of Israel gave 7,545 pounds of silver as measured by the weight of the sanctuary shekel. 
This silver came from the tax collected from each man registered in the census. The tax is one bika, which is half a shekel, based on the sanctuary shekel. The tax was collected from 603,550 men who had reached their 20th birthday. The hundred bases for the frames of the sanctuary walls and for the posts supporting the inner curtain required 7,500 pounds of silver and about 75 pounds for each base. The remaining 45 pounds of silver was used to make the hooks and rings and to overlay the tops of the post. The people also brought as special offerings 5,310 pounds of bronze, which was used for casting the bases for the post at the entrance to the tabernacle and for the bronze altar with its bronze grating and all the altar utensils. Bronze was also used to make the bases for the posts that supported the curtains around the courtyard. The bases for the curtain at the entrance of the courtyard and all the tent pegs for the tabernacle and the courtyard. That concludes our Old Testament reading. Moving into the New Testament, Matthew chapter 28. The glorious resurrection. We read about the crucifixion yesterday. Today we get to read about the resurrection. Matthew chapter 28 verse 1. Early on Sunday morning as the new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to visit the tomb. Suddenly there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and rolled aside the stone and sat on it. His face shone like lightning, and his clothing was as white as snow. The guards shook with fear when they saw him, and they fell into a dead faint. Then the angel spoke to the women. Don't be afraid, he said. I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead, just as he said would happen. Come, see where his body was lying. And now go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead, and he is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. Remember what I have told you. The women ran quickly from the tomb. They were very frightened, but also filled with great joy, and they rushed to give the disciples the angel's message. And as they went, Jesus met them and greeted them, and they ran to him, grasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Don't be afraid. Go tell my brothers to leave for Galilee, and they will see me there. As the women were on their way, some of the guards went into the city and told the leading priest what had happened. A meeting with the elders was called, and they decided to give the soldiers a large bribe. They told the soldiers, You must say, Jesus' disciples came during the night while we were sleeping, and they stole his body. If the governor hears about it, we'll stand up for you, so you won't get in trouble. So the guards accepted the bribe and said what they were told to say. Their story spread widely among the Jews, and they still tell it today. Then the eleven disciples left for Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some of them doubted. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. That concludes the book of Matthew and our New Testament reading. Uh, glorious, glorious reading today. Uh, the New Testament uh, is uh, really given credibility and reliability uh, based upon the resurrection. Uh, if, if there's not the resurrection, then uh, we have nothing to stand on. Uh, Jesus is just yet another failed Messiah in a long line. But he did what he said he would do. He rose from the dead, proving he was indeed more than a man. Uh, but he was God in flesh coming to save the world from the sins of the world. 
Uh, and uh, interesting, verse 16, or sorry, verse 17, uh, it's, it's always been interesting to me. It says, when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some of them doubted. And I'm thinking, how do you doubt after seeing a dead man back to life? But uh, that's the thing. Uh, some people say, you know, if I could just see Jesus with my own eyes, then I would believe. But I can't right now. And I, I would just say, people saw Jesus resurrected with their own eyes, and they still didn't believe. It's a matter of the heart. And um, as much as, as we want to convince ourselves and convince others, we, we have facts. But at the end of the day, it's it's still a faith given to us by the Spirit that um, that, that we must uh, see with spiritual eyes. And, um, yeah, was, I found that interesting. But chapter 28, verse 1, the new day was dawning. And for the Christian, I want to remind you, you are not just better now that you have Jesus, but you are brand new. It's Christ living within you. So live a life of righteousness and holiness because the Holy Spirit is empowering you to do it. Repent from your sins and lead and live in this life for King Jesus is the king of your life. Amen. Glorious, glorious truth. Moving on to our Proverbs of the day, Proverbs chapter 9, verse 9 and 10. Proverbs 9, verse 9. Instruct the wise, and they will be even wiser. Teach the righteous, and they will learn even more. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom. Knowledge of the Holy One results in good judgment. And finally, we will read the 34th Psalm, Psalm 34, verses 11 through 22, in a posture of prayer. Psalm 34, verse 11. Come, my children, and listen to me, and I will teach you to fear the Lord. Does anyone want to live a life that is long and prosperous? Then keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. Turn away from evil and do good. Search for peace and work to maintain it. Oh God, we cannot do this on our own. We ask that you would help us repent from evil, turning from evil, and turning to what you would say is good. Help us be people of peace, even when the world around us is a world of chaos. Verse 15. The eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right. His ears are open to their cries for help, but the Lord turns his face against those who do evil. He will erase their memory from the earth. The Lord hears his people when they call to him for help. He rescues them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. Lord, I pray right now for the brokenhearted. I pray that they would feel that verse being true, that you would be there for those whose spirits are crushed right now. Thank you, Lord that when we call out to you, you answer. Because of what Jesus Christ has done on our behalf, we've been given access to you. Verse 19. The righteous person may face many troubles, but the Lord comes to the rescue each time. For the Lord protects the bones of the righteous. Not one of them is broken. Calamity will surely destroy the wicked, and those who hate the righteous will be punished. But the Lord will redeem those who serve him. No one who takes refuge in him will be condemned. Thank you, Lord, that this is true for me because of what Christ has done. There is now no condemnation for me and for those who trust in Jesus Christ because he's taken it upon his shoulders and he died for it. And as we got to read today in the resurrection, uh, there's a promise uh, that your spirit is with us as we go on in this life and we now have purpose and we await the glorious day in which you return and you make all things right. Lord, we thank you and we praise you. Amen. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's reading and I hope to see you back here tomorrow as we continue our journey reading through the Bible together.